Welcome to STEES, an ongoing exploration of Gen Z's place in the financial industry. Created by Tearsheet and in partnership with Publicis Sapient. At Tearsheet, we cover the important things happening at the intersection of finance and technology. STEES is one of our most ambitious projects to date because it's not simply covering what's happening, but rather what's not. There's a huge gap in the industry when it comes to Gen Z. And so we've set out to determine just how big that gap is and what it's going to take to not only include today's youth in financial services, but put them front and center as the new financial consumer. Welcome back to Steez. Happy to have you here. This is episode four. So if you're just now tuning in, I would say go back in the archive. Actually, better yet, go download the Steez guide, read about everything you need to know, and then come on here, listen to our conversations. This is episode four, last one. We spoke about FinTech and meme stacks and everything in between. Today, we're talking about another aspect that is um, unavoidably touched by Gen Zers, and that is e-commerce. Gen Zers are obviously changing everything uh, in the financial space and all around it. They're just getting started also. Um, they're coming in with new expectations, with new needs from financial services, so much so that we, you know, created this whole project. Um, and, and, and one of those areas, of course, is e-commerce. Their preferences and their values are making purchases different every day. Uh, I think better, <laughs> more convenient, more spontaneous, uh, seamlessly interwoven with, with social media today where a lot of Gen Zers are doing their online shopping. In some cases, it's even gamified, which I think is, is cool and maybe dangerous. I don't know. Um, currently, they have $360 billion in disposable income. We've said this number before. I mean, that just explains to you why uh, uh, their you know, e-commerce is, is, is bent to their will. It's going to continue to play this way. So it's very important to understand. I'm not trying to be an alarmist or anything, but I really think the companies that don't get their arms around this and don't have a strategy uh, already in place for the next 12 months are just going to find it harder and harder to, 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 to capture these young shoppers. Uh, so to help you guys out uh, and to help understand, you know, how Gen Z is actually bending the retail space to their will, we have with us Mallory Russell, the global head of content marketing at Square, Marin Swami, SVP of Diversified and Value at Synchrony, and finally, Michael Sadat, head of public policy at Afterpay. So Mara, let's start with you. How would you say Gen Z is changing the online shopping landscape? Oh, Rebecca, they are completely changing the shopping landscape and the way we think about shopping. And uh, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a very good thing. You know, I don't think it matters generationally, whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial or any other generation, but what Gen Z is doing is actually making improvements to that shopping experience across generations. Right, but they're forcing us to really think about how we do that, right? What's important to them? It's the preferences and the values that they have of ease, simplicity, the spontaneity of able to make that purchase and do it, do it in a way that's almost instantaneously. Right. So, so, so this uh, instant nature of things is is it's undeniably shifting the way products and experiences are are crafted. Uh, and to dig deeper here, Michael, what would you say exactly sets Gen Z apart from other shoppers? Um, you know, why are Gen Zers spending habits so different compared to older generations? And, and what are the factors you think are shaping this? These younger generations are becoming a powerful force in the economy. Um, you know, currently Gen Z and millennials make up 32% of total spend, total retail spend in the US. Uh, but this is expected to grow to 48% by 2030 as more Gen Z enter the workforce. And there's also a, 
a significant generational shift in spending preferences that's that's currently underway. Um, and what we're seeing is Gen Z are increasingly credit averse and they favor the debit cards. Um, almost one in five Gen Z have abandoned the purchase in the last 12 months because their preferred payment method wasn't available. And for many Gen Z, is their, their preferred payment method is actually buy now, pay later, with 44% of Gen Zs using buy now, pay later in the last 12 months. Um, and this shift away from credit cards is something that we're seeing across many different economies as younger generations are looking to avoid the potential debt traps that are associated with the credit card industry. And, and Mallory, from, from where you're sitting um, at Square, how would you say that marketing to Gen Z is different, uh, maybe in the in the financial services uh, technology like fintech space, compared to other more consumer-facing, uh, consumer-focused industries like like retail, like fashion? For financial services companies, it's really critical to grab their attention from the beginning. It's about building a really long-term relationship with these consumers. So when it comes time for them to to make that, that decision to like start a business to kickstart their journey, we're in the consideration set from the beginning with the tools to help them start running grow their business. I think the other part that's interesting about them is that they see creatorship as a path that they can take in, in entrepreneurship and a way to support themselves. And it's different to talk to this kind of person because they have a better understanding of marketing. They're marketing themselves. They're just really aware of being marketed to also. And so for, for financial service companies, it's really important to be clear about what you stand for in the marketplace and beyond the marketplace. Um, brands have to kind of demonstrate that they're trustworthy and credible as well as relevant to what this audience wants and needs. So, you know, for Square, you know, we are trying to be very clear about our mission. It's economic empowerment. We want to ensure that people can start their own businesses with the breadth of software and hardware we provide. And we do that, and we have done that for a very long time by letting the sellers speak for us, a, a bit of show, not tell. Um, let sellers talk, and sellers is, is what we call our consumers. Um, sellers speak for the brand. We feature them in a lot of our creative, so they can share the firsthand experience they have in using Square to run, start, grow their business, um, as opposed to us just telling people what it's like. So uh, Synchrony, actually, you recently conducted a generational insights poll, very interesting stuff, which included Gen Z shoppers among them. Marin, maybe if you can share with us, uh, what were some of the, the key findings from this report? Um, we talk about the social media aspect. So let me just start there. 26% of Gen Z has some sort of shopping online or in a social context, in a social media context. 75% of them relate to a brand that they've seen on Instagram. And what I think is even more powerful than that is 47% that we learned through this poll actually make a purchase via Instagram, right? It's completely changing that dynamic of I go to an online retailer, I put something in the shopping cart, I purchase it and I go away, right? This is about a way of interacting and making purchases actually within a social platform. The other thing we thought was really interesting is 49%, so almost half of them told us the experience is as important as the product itself, which is really amazing, right? It, they're telling us that you can have a great product, but you gotta have a really great experience in, in making that purchase. 
So, so let's actually talk about that experience, right? Um, maybe Mallory, what, what kind of social platforms uh, and in-commerce channels would you say are absolutely integral for, for reaching Gen Z? Um, social channels are their go-to for all kinds of media consumption. So YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram are really the, the three that we think about. Um, and within that, there's different tactics. So like influencers play a really big role on all of those channels. And, and some people think of that as kind of a separate channel, but like it works across all of them. Um, you know, they want to be entertained on these channels. They also want education, like things that they, they want to learn from that entertainment. Um, YouTube and TikTok are interesting because they do have this kind of search functionality. So they are searching there for that kind of information. We have started kind of experimenting with YouTube a couple of years ago, and we leverage YouTube to offer that kind of engaging content for young entrepreneurs and Gen Z, um, kind of inspiring them with the information and providing education at the same time. Through YouTube, we can speak to this audience very directly. Um, we can share real stories of business owners. Again, like Square's overall approach in, in marketing, we, we do use our sellers in our work so we can have them speak to their own experience of using Square um, as a way to build credibility with our audiences, not only Gen Z, but, but other consumers as well. Um, and so we can do that on YouTube. We can kind of bring that to life in a way that resonates with the Gen Z audience. Um, and then we can use that content also across other platforms like Instagram, Twitter. So, so I want to turn this now to, um, to you, Michael, uh, speaking, speaking for Afterpay here in this context. Um, in this landscape of having so many BNPL providers today to choose from, how do you at Afterpay, for example, differentiate yourself on these different uh, e-commerce channels? I guess the, the key differentiator for us is that We've got a two-sided ecosystem of over 144,000 merchants and sellers that are um, making Afterpay available to their customers uh, and over 20 million Afterpay consumers who are actively engaged on our platform and looking for merchants that are offering Afterpay as a, as a payment option for them. Uh, and so for us, being able to um, connect consumers with merchants is, is really critical. Um, and we've got a product that makes it really simple for consumers, um, you know, paying in for... Um, is something that um, consumers love doing. You know, it's not that a credit card can't let you buy the thing you want as well, but I think consumers are clearly looking for options that that don't end up in a potential debt trap. You know, that don't end up in a situation where you've got a lot of credit card debt because you've you've spent too much money, and you're not able to pay that down in a in a reasonable period of time. You know, this is something they've seen their sort of parents' generation go through, and there's it's something that they're keen to avoid. Um, whereas with Afterpay, it's, we keep it simple, we keep it transparent, and they and consumers, I think, really enjoy the benefits of that. So to take us from the conversation um, on channels, uh, we have to talk about brands, right? Uh, your brand is really the first decision uh, maker on on whether Gen Z is going to even get to that experience in the first place. Mallory, maybe you can give us like a sense of just how significant of a departure. Uh, Gen Z are from, from their immediate predecessors, us millennials, uh, when it comes to brand engagement. Uh, do, do you see any palpable differences from a marketing standpoint, or are we all kind of just grouped together as mostly young people? 
So I think there are a lot of differences. I think there's, you know, a portion of the millennial generation that isn't wholly digital, right? Like there was a portion of that generation that grew up um, before the internet was everywhere. And so have a different kind of sense of the world in that way. I think there is some commonality in, um, yes, there's like economic issues right now in the pandemic. I think millennials, a, a lot of millennials grew up in a in major recession. So there are some commonalities there, but I do think the media um, landscape for those two generations is quite different. Um, even the social channels, you know, millennial or millennials, many of them started on, you know, Facebook and Twitter. Um, and, and those are a bit waning now. There's, there's a lot of commonality in Instagram, I think. Um, but the channels are probably where I think things differ the most. I do also think that like Gen Z does really value brands who share values with them. And not that that like other consumers across generations do as well, but I think it's very strong and central to how Gen Z views their decision-making in a different way than other um, consumers. They want to see those values shared um, and, and they see that the, there's authenticity in that and authenticity is very critical with this generation because they are so digital and they've, they grew up in environments that could be very curated, like social media, like authenticity is vital. And you see even in the shift in what kind of social content and assets look like, I think, you know, the rise of TikTok alone, it's it's not super polished. It's very of the moment. It's very authentic. And I think that's something brands have to be really aware of is, is making sure that there is authenticity in what they're doing in their actions. Um, they don't want to be sold to. They want to engage of their own will with a brand uh, because they share a sense of purpose and community. So, so off of that, Mallory, you know, like you said, how how would you say a brand can balance marketing towards Gen Z while still staying true to their um, wider audience? In some cases, a product, a service, a fintech is dedicated exclusively for Gen Zers. In a lot of other cases, Gen Zers are just a new demographic that is joining the ranks. Um, so, how do you think, from a marketing perspective, you keep it you keep it real and you keep it cohesive at the same time? Uh, maybe you can give us Square's example about e-commerce marketing strategy uh, when it comes to your Gen Z customers. Gen Z actually is helpful in this way because they have a very unique set of channels that they gravitate to towards, I mean, versus kind of other groups of, of consumers. Um, I think there's a there's a definitely like an appetite for social channels. They're digital first generation, like they grew up completely digital. And so instead of like, you know, kind of thinking about things like TV, they think about YouTube and um, even, you know, search engine, school search, I'm, an, you know, well-versed in, in SEO best practices, you know, looking at Google search isn't really the way Gen Z thinks about finding information. It's through TikTok. Um, they use that as a search engine. So I think there's a different set of channels and that actually doesn't make it easier for marketers, but like gives you a different way to think about this because we need to take a message and just distribute it on different ways on different channels. Um, as content marketers, we refer to this usually as like a big rock strategy or sometimes like the Thanksgiving turkey, like you have a turkey and you carve it up all different ways and serve it to people in the way that they like. Maybe someone likes the casserole, someone likes the turkey sandwich. Um, 
And it's kind of the same for this message messaging in the kind of, in my case, content we produce. Uh, you produce a core asset and then you shape it for different channels and the audiences who live on those channels. And I think that's the way to be most efficient in both reaching Gen Z, but also thinking about your other consumers. So I, I want to get a little bit into the specifics of the consumer experience here. Uh, we've obviously been, you know, touching it throughout our conversation. And I, I also want to, I want to ask my question again, that I asked you, Mallory, to, to maybe tomorrow. And at this, at this point, um, are there really so many generational differences here? You know, we're talking about the first digitally native generation, but is it really that different? You know, we're all online, we're all shopping, this experience is, is universal in a sense. Are there really such generational differences here? They're no different than any other generation in the fact that they want value. They want rewards. They want to be able to use those rewards to get discounts and savings. But what we thought was really interesting is, but the way you get those rewards are a little bit different. They're, they want to be rewarded for posting something in social media promoting a product, right? So, so the underlying basis of their purchasing is the same as far as value goes, but the way they want to get that value, where they want to use that value is completely different. Now, what does complicate all this, because we've been talking a lot about the digital savviness of this group, the ability of being online, they actually want to go into a physical store to make many of their purchases. So what we've seen is across almost all categories, and in particularly larger items that they will start researching online. But by the time they want to make that purchase, they go into the store. The one category that's actually pretty equal that we saw that they actually are very comfortable doing online or going into store, but they, they, their preferences are almost equal is electronics. That's that's really interesting. Um, I, and I, I wonder, Michael, from where you're sitting at Afterpay, have you found um, that there are any uh, particular categories that Gen Zers are shopping for more than others? Um, and do you yourself like have a certain take on, on Gen Z's in-store versus online shopping experiences? Yeah, I mean, growing categories for Gen Z when using Afterpay are recreation and department stores and household is coming in close behind. Um, I think the convenience and accessibility of online shopping is clear and, and the, the pandemic has obviously made everybody an online shopper, you know, whether you like it or not. Um, and, you know, there's a clear preference for online. But at the same time, Gen Z's are also showing uh, a desire, a strong desire, actually, to shop in-store as well. Um, and our research shows that about 25% of Gen Z um, are saying that they're going to shop in-store more often in the next 12 months. Um, COVID's no doubt played a role here as well, actually, because I think people are craving the physical interaction with people and with products as well. Um, you know, they might start their, their shopping journey online, do a bit of research, and then they want to head in store, have a look, touch, feel. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's now a great way to, to, to kind of have your shopping journey um, through, a, through a variety of channels. Um, so omnichannel is, is very real for Gen Z. Um, and I think businesses need to recognize this shift and make sure that they're strategizing the best route to, to meeting that consumer in the most authentic way. This term digital, you're starting to hear more about it. It's where the physical and the digital world sort of collide. So, you know, we talked about the fact that Gen Z uses the internet, their devices, they're on their mobile device for over three hours a day. And that's just the mobile device. That doesn't include laptops or anything else. So you have to give them the ability to research online, things like likes, 
and reviews are really, really important because that's how they do their research, right? They're on various platforms, like you said, TikTok and YouTube. So you got to give them the ability to research online and then be able to come to the physical store to make that purchase. But you want to make that purchase as seamless as possible, right? That purchase has to be, I can come in, pick it up, look at it. If I like it, I can walk out, I can return it. I can walk in, use my mobile device, make a purchase, not stand at a register, walk right out. So you got to make this omni-channel experience as, um, as seamless as possible, even though you are coming into the physical store many times. Uh, our research actually shows that Gen Z uh, are really resilient and financially savvy generation. I think sometimes it's easy to underestimate, especially younger generations, but our research is showing that they're showing really strong resilience and, and savviness with their financial affairs. Um, we looked at the spending intentions of different generations as well, just to compare a diff across those different generations. And, and during this difficult economic environment, what we're seeing is that Gen Z are, are actually the most optimistic generation um, you know, only 21% of Gen Zs are saying they're going to spend less in the next 12 months. And that compares to 26% of millennials saying the same thing and 32% of Gen X and older consumers saying the same thing. So, you know, spending intentions are often seen as a really strong indicator of, of your sort of level of optimism about the future. And, and clearly Gen Z are, are showing a resilience there um, compared to other generations. And, you know, some might call this, you know, the naivety of youth. Um, but again, we think it's it's a reflection of of the financial savviness and and the the optimism that they've got, um, despite all the sort of you know um, major economic headwinds that they've seen as they've grown up. You know, the financial crisis, a pandemic, and now inflation. Um, they're learning how to manage their financial affairs. They're they're managing to budget. Um, they're keeping it under control, and and you know, I, I think they should be recognised for that. Well, it's it's not so complicated. Uh, I think Gen Zers are not so hard to understand. Maybe I can say that now after um, getting to, to episode four, the end of episode four um, of the series. I think they actually make a lot of sense from what you guys are saying. They're simply bringing their digital savviness and their expectations to all aspects of life. And that includes where and how they spend their money online uh, in, and in person, right? Obviously, they represent a market segment that just cannot be ignored and and it's going to be the merchants who are uh, both able and willing to break out of their uh, ways of doing things who are going to be perfectly positioned to profit from this generation for years to come it's just getting started mallory michael and marin thank you guys so much for making the time to dialogue with us today uh, and to our viewers and listeners at home thanks for joining us for episode four of steez the next and final final sad face episode of this series is going to be dedicated to the intersection of finance technology gen z and um, the most important thing of all the environment so stay tuned